tell you, Nettie can tell you, I, you know, you'd think being off work all day long and being out of work for a couple months and getting paid like you're there, you wouldn't have any complaints. But, boy, when you can't pick up nothing, it's a, it, it begins to become very annoying. And um, somebody said, well, do what you'd like to do. If I could do what I like to do, I'd be at work because that means I can pick up all my tools and I could do this and do that, and I can't do what I like to do because I just don't feel that way. But you know what? It has given me time to really see and think about you know how valuable, important having a healthy life is. And I've enjoyed my time. I'm not going to lie about it. I've enjoyed the time that I've been off and that regards to spend more time down here, spend more time with Lynetta. But the end of the end is that, you know, God knows everything. He knows exactly why. And that's something that I'm learning. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I preach it all the time, but uh, sometimes you have to go through the schools of hard knocks to really get a little closer to your heart that what you've been saying is not just an absolute truth, but it's an absolute truth to all people. You know, and so Jeremiah 33, if you would stand, we'll go forward in prayer and then we will read a few verses of scripture this evening. Father, we thank you for your love, mercy and grace. Thank you for allowing us to be here tonight and for each one who's out. Dear God, we ask you, Lord, this evening that thy will be done. Thy name be glorified, honored, and praised. And we'll give you glory, Father, for it all in the blessed name of Christ Jesus. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the world as we know it has changed, and I will say this, um, has gone through a lot of times and changes have taken place and we just wonder how much further we can go and then we get to a spot where it seems like it's all good and we wonder how much longer we get to stay and then it gets rough again and we wonder how much further we have to go, and it just kind of going back and forth, back and forth. The children of Israel went through that, but basically the same thing. They've gone through the problems they've gone through for the choosing, for the choosing of the choices they've made. They chose not to stay with God. They chose not to follow him through and through, and God would get them out of one mess and get them into a good place, and they'd fall off, you know. It's kind of like this. For some reason, people cannot remain in a happy, peaceful relationship with God. Once it gets good, they think that there's just no reason to worry about God anymore. It's all going good. I'll just keep going my way. And then they get away from God again. But can I tell you tonight, there is coming a time as we, Sister uh, Joanne sung the song today. Uh, there's coming a time, and what a day that will be when we see Jesus. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, and the Lord is my name. I want his name. Now think about this for just a second. He is the maker of all things. He's the former of all things. He's the establisher of all things. 
and the Lord is his name. He's, he's the only one who can rightfully claim the title God, Lord, Savior, Master, Redeemer. I mean, he, there's the word. There's nobody else who can lay title to those things there. And when we think about how that they're used in the Bible and other times, it's a little letter, little G or a little L. There's, there's never the proffering of the title that belongs only to God used in other references in the scripture there. But, but can you think about it this way? He said, I am, and you just fill in the blanks, because he's everything that we see that is good. I mean, the beauty of the changing of the tree leaves, that's God. He, he did it. It's a dry summer, folks. We were in a drought bad, and yet we probably had one of the most beautiful changing overs this year that I've seen in a few years. And we're still in a drought. Don't take me wrong. It's, it's, we got some rain, but we haven't got a lot of rain, and yet we see the gloriousness of God. Have, have you noticed that when the sun comes up in the morning, there's, there's a certain time when the beauty of the sun is just undeniable. And when the sun sets in the evening, the same. And we'll complain about the heat of the day, but we'll, get, we'll, we'll lose sight of that when we see the setting of the sun and the beauty of it. We'll forget about it when we see the rising of the sun, that it's going to be hot that day. Just these things that God has done. Then he says in verse 3, he says, call unto me. Remember, I preached this morning, come in faith. Call unto me. Church, when we call unto the Lord, we can be assured that if we are in his will, our words reach his ears. That, that's something that's so powerful and thankful to think about tonight. And, and I know there's a lot of preachers who might go way over here with this, but can I just tell you tonight that it's an amazing that God has throughout his scripture told us to call on him call um, to him he never woke up one day because God didn't slumber sleep but let's put it in, in our understanding he never woke up one day and looked over and said you know what I don't think today I'm willing to hear anybody's prayer I've got a bad day and said so you know what Ernie you'll just have to hang it on the wall I'll get to you later that's not the way God does things Instead, he tells you and I, you got a bad day, call on me. You got a rough day, call on me. Something's going to miss, call on me. Brother Supal, I'm sorry I didn't put it on. You, I'll get this put on. See there, the, what you guys didn't know, the speaker broke back there. Now I got two microphones. No, sir. I did not talk out of both sides of my mouth at separate times. They both move at the same time. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I'm sorry for that. I have to get accustomed. So he says, call unto me, 
And then the latter part of it, there, there's the first part there, and I like punctuation. We don't read punctuation, but you know me, I like to read punctuation, and sometimes I forget. But there's a comma there that, that think on this dot, call unto me, and then the next part of this is something that we ought to really hang our hat on in love, and he said, and I will answer thee. Remember, Jesus said, whosoever coming to me, I will in no wise cast out. God has said, if we would call on him, he would answer us. Realizing this, the children of Israel always got in trouble because they stopped calling on God. They started worshiping idols and the gods of the land and the place where they dwelled. They started going to the high places of the false gods and, and the altars that were all wrong. That God, God told them and said, tear down the high places, tear down their altars, burn up the things that don't belong here. Get rid of those things. And, and if they would have done that and stayed true to God, then every time God, they needed something, they just called on God. God would have answered. They'd been taken care of. But there's a time that because they won't call on God, that God doesn't hear what they're saying necessarily in the aspect of this. They, they want to say to this God over here, give me everything I want. And then when he doesn't do it, go to God and say, God, give me everything I want. It's just like people always trying to find out who's going to give them what. But he said, I will answer thee. And then the next part. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, now I've, I've heard preachers preach this. And they start talking about all these things out there. And I mean miracles and what God can do. And they start trying to build up a lot of stuff. And, and they start saying, you know, we'll do this. And God's going to build this. And God's going to raise that. And God's going to give this. And da-da-da-da-da. Can, can I tell you, when you call on God, he answers thee, right? And when he answers thee, he shows thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And notice that he gives us his word. Church, we're always looking for something outside the boundaries of the book that God has given us. We think great and mighty things is that when I call on God, he's going to bone my banking account. He's going to make me have the best car. I'm going to have the best house. I'm going to get the whatever, you know, the, the finest thing. I'm going to go get me some Garamani shoes. I don't know. He, I mean, he just, we start thinking about all these material possessions that for some reason we think if we call on God, God's going to do X. And it's always outside the bounds of the book. And yet if I call on God, I know he answers me. Why? Because it's in the word that he's answering me. And then he says he'll show me great. Hey, when I begin to read, I see things that are great and mighty and I did not know until I started reading them and God started revealing them. Have you ever read the Bible and go, whoa, man, I didn't know that. And you know you read that before, but you just read over what you just read. And, it, and now all of a sudden, it, it means, it's there. How many people have problems with them rods? There's a whole, whole group of people had problems with them rods. When the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant of God and took it down there where it didn't belong and had it in a place that didn't belong, we know the story of their god Dagon, right? They put it in the house of Dagon there, and the next day they got up, and he had fallen over in front of the Ark of the Covenant. So what they do? Well, they stood him back up. I mean, he's a great God. The funny thing is, the great God had to be stood up by the people who worshipped him. 
and he fell again. He lost his head and his hands. And they couldn't stand him up. It was kind of like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. They could not put Dagon back in place. And then God smote them with hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids. Now, now you know what paper etchinates is for. Think about it. The whole people. Not, not one. You say, Brother Ernie, you didn't know. No, I knew that story. But the other day I heard it being talked about again, and I just got to thinking to myself, man, the blessing of the Ark of the Covenant of God in the right hands is unimaginable. Because when it went to the house, and I can't remember the name of the house there, the gentleman got, but when it went to his house, it was blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. And finally David said, you know what? We got to go get the Ark back. But David didn't go get the Ark back the right way. That's why somebody died and it fell at somebody else's house until they went to get it the right way. See, God's way is always the right way. God shows us great and marvelous things. The revelation of the word of God to you and I is greater than any gift we could ever imagine. And when we think about only the stories we know, and because we've known them for so long, we don't think about the magnitude of the mightiness of what God did. It's just unmeasurable. Just stop and think about it. God saved me. God showed me how he saved me. God showed me why he saved me. You know what? We go through life with salvation as something that, that just, you know, we woke up one day, we got saved, and we just started following God. That's not how it worked. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the animals. And then he created man. Knowing that he would send his son to die for the sins of men. And yet it's hard to think about that God did that because after all, God created the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. Until Satan fouled up man. And yet God knew that from the beginning of time. Your salvation is not an accident. It's a purpose. My life had to be a wreck in order for me to realize it could be made whole. And a lot of times people don't think about that. They blame God for the wreck instead of asking God to make them whole. They blame God for everything that's going wrong instead of looking in the boundary of the word of God and realize this, just as bad as it is, that's how great it can be when you put your faith and your trust in God. God said, ask me and I will show thee great and marvelous things which thou knewest not. I didn't know it could be so good until after it got there. Remember this morning I said if I could play the piano, I would show off. I just know me. I used to do that too with my singing. And I thought I was good. My choir teacher told, told, told the kid, girls at school one day I had to come in for choir practice and she said this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm good. 
And she said, girls, now pay attention. You might want to get with this young man. Because one of these days, mama's ugly duckling's going to be a good looking goose. Boy, you talk about forgetting about how you sing. I mean, I lost all self-confidence. But can you think about it? Sometimes we get so high we have to be brought down to right there in the level, right? Sometimes we're so good we don't realize how bad we actually are. And sometimes we think we can make it through life. But then when we read the book, we begin to realize God has done great and marvelous. I can't even attain or understand until I get to that place where I say to God, God, I'm calling on you. And you believe this? God says, I'm listening to you. God listens to me. Church, you think about it. Let that sink in. God listens to you. Great and marvelous things. The God who formed it, fashioned it, established it, said it, the one who's in control of it, stops and takes time to listen to me and to listen to you. And then... We ask ourselves, boy, should I not stop and take more time to listen to him? God begins to go on and talk to him about what he's going to do for them. If you jump down just a few verses further, verse 14 says this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have prophesied, promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. Man, they've been looking for a redeemer. He's going to give it to them. And the sad part of it is, in John it says, he came into his own and his own received him not. But then the next part of that is great and wonderful and marvelous and mighty. But as many as received him, gave he them the power to become the sons of God. That meant to you and I, he done a work. He gave a gift. He shall execute judgment and the righteousness in the land in those days shall judah be saved and jerusalem shall dwell safely and this is the name wherein she shall be called the lord our righteousness now now i want you to think about that for just a second there remember revelation says that we have a new name which no man knows save he that giveth it 
Right now, it's up in heaven for you. And I. But God was telling them there's coming a time in their life when they would realize this, that there is coming a time and a change that they're going to be of the righteousness of God. They're going to be his children, his, his proclamation, his claim. And you know what the Bible says? As many as received him gave he them the power to become. You can't get a greater name than a child of God. The sons of God. Church, the revelation of the truth of God's word in our life is manifested in our salvation. And it just don't get no better than that. So we ought to walk as close as we can to him. We ought to talk and call on him as much as we possibly can. And realize this. We all know that they said that there was one that was constantly leaning on the breast of Jesus, right? Oh, John the Beloved, always there leaning. Lean on Jesus. Lean on Jesus. He wants you to, church. And just as he wants us to be his beloved, he wants us, him to be our beloved. Great, mighty, wonderful thing. Would you stand this evening? Father, tonight we thank you, Lord, and we love you, dear God. Praise you, Heavenly Father, for the blessings that you give us, Lord, the life that you bestowed upon us and the favor. Lord, there's no greater than that which you've given us that we can have. Lord, I thank you tonight for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do. Pray, Heavenly Father, tonight, bless each heart and each home that's here. And help us, Father, lean upon you and draw to you. In Jesus' holy name, and amen. And amen. Is there anything on anybody's heart this evening for them?